The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello! The Email Marketing Heroes. Now today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about how to write great emails, even if you're a crap writer. Lots of people put off doing email marketing because they're not good at writing. We're going to show you how we use our crap writing ability to our advantage. Listen, when this podcast episode comes to an end, don't feel like you're all alone and you've got loads of questions unanswered. Come and share what you're working on and get stuck into all of the training and the resources that we've put inside our free Facebook group. Just open up whatever your favorite web browser is, type in robandkennedy.group and it will whiz you straight across into the group. Or if you open Facebook, you can just search for the email marketing show community and you'll see our lovely shiny happy group just there. <laughs> when he was 11, he had a crush on a 16-year-old girl and genuinely thought she would one day become his girlfriend. It's hypnotist Robert Temple! And as a kid, he recorded his own radio show onto cassettes, because he is that old, and called it Bollocks Up FM. It's the mind reader and radio presenter extraordinaire, Kennedy. Kennedy. I'm just thinking about the name of our podcast. Do you think we could change it over to Bollocks FM? I think it could be. can help you see I've got to say, I'm pleased we're talking about this today because one of the questions we've been getting when we've been doing lots of Q&As and trainings for other people is, but I'm not a very good writer. Let's put that shit to rest. Yes, we are back and we're here every single week helping course creators, coaches and membership site owners make email marketing less of a numbers game and put the odds back in your favour so you can do harder hitting, higher converting, psychology driven email marketing. Should we just get something, the big elephant in the room out of the way here? Don't refer to me like that. I've had a couple of extra cakes over lockdown. (laughs) If there's something you're not very good at, like writing, you've you've basically got two choices. Yeah. You could bury your head in your sand in the sand and say, I'm not very good at it. I'm not going to do it. Or you could say, do you know what? If I send an email every day to my email list, that means I'm going to send 365 days, 365 emails a year. And do you know what? The first hundred might be crap, but over time they're going to get better. I like, mean, mate, this is the reason I started sending. It's one of the two reasons I agreed to start sending daily emails. One of them, I knew that it was going to build a a deeper relationship with my list and that, that's great but the big one was I, I'm not a talented writer like I'm not very good at that I sort of write how I speak which is would make my English teachers toes curl and I just and I, it was exactly that I thought well if I just do it more I'll get less crap at it and actually the other big thing is um, when, when somebody says I'm bad at something or I can't do something I'm like this tenacious little shit who's like huh, I'm going to prove you off I'm going to prove you wrong mate do you know what I mean so that for me it's a another reason to sort of do it like I'm, I'm dyslexic so it means that usually I find this stuff like oh, I do not usually I do find this stuff really difficult uh, but for me you can either use that stuff as an excuse to go well I'm just not going to do it or you can go actually that's my reason to do it so I mean that's our rah-rah motivation part of the episode done I mean just let's get this shit done 
But how do we actually do it? So there's a few different ways. If, like, if you're thinking, I'm not a talented writer, well, the good news is that's actually your advantage. Because most of the time, when we're giving feedback to members of the league or helping when we, when we used to do coaching clients and stuff like that, the big problem they had was they were quite good writers, which meant there was a lot of flowery, fluffy stuff going on, wasn't there? And you're like, well, nobody really talks like that. Like, when someone right. reads an email, what you really want is them to hear your voice in their head. Because when you do that, you get past the fact that they're reading an email and people genuinely, because your brain doesn't know the difference, will get confused or will misremember whether they heard you say it on a video training or when they met you, if they've met you, or they read it in an email. They won't know the difference if they can hear your voice in their head. I think it's important. The last thing that you want to do, whatever your niche is, the last thing you want to do is to end up with like quite technical writing where it's got jargon in it or, or, or just the, the, the English is particularly polished. You know, it's got flowery words in it and it, it takes a bit of mental gymnastics to, to comprehend the sentence. Cause the truth is most people more an increasing number of people are reading their emails on their phone, which means they're looking at quite a small screen and the truth is that the words, the lines are very short because they're obviously cropped, especially on mobile. And so as they're flicking around, you don't want their brain to have to jump all over the place to try and figure out what the hell that sentence means. If you can keep the sentences really short and really precise, that makes it easier for you, but it also makes it much more readable and much more enjoyable for the reader as well. Rob, you said something really interesting the other day when we were, we were giving a training to somebody and you said something, absolutely nailed it, which is the emails we send that we find most effective are almost like bullet points. Aren't they? Right. They're like they're not like and that lovely run-on sentences. You, I mean, I've never seen you use a semicolon in a single email ever, and and very few commas. It's like thought period full stop new paragraph thought period next paragraph. Like it's a list of thoughts basically. Right. Yeah. I mean, an email I sent out the other day was talking about the fact that I woke up and I was in the, about five minutes after I went to sleep. I woke up and I was shaking and I felt really violently ill. But I think the the opening sentence was just something like, I woke up shaking, first name, full stop. The next one, I'd never felt so ill, full stop, next line. Like, there's no talent to that writing at all. It's just, it. like we said, it, it's as close as you get to bullet points. I think the longest sentence I've ever written is probably two, two full lines and a couple of words. Like, And that's really, when you look at it, it's actually very short. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think if you can keep it as precise as possible and almost bullet points, it's probably not a bad way to start it. It's just put out the bullet points of what you want to say and then go and remove the points and, and make that more of a sentence. That actually reminds me of something freaky. We haven't actually talked about this. I, I can't remember the name of the app. There's a bit of AI at the moment. I don't, have, you heard, have you heard about this? Where it's literally going to plug into like your email systems, not like your email marketing system, but your genuine day-to-day Gmail type email systems. And you'll be able to just bullet point the main points you want to make, hit the button, and it will use your language to, to weave it all together into sentences using your personality and your terminology. And then you'll go, that's lovely. And you'll hit send. I saw that like two days ago. Literally, accept contract, what's the date, Um, contact my assistant. And he hit the button and it just went, that sounds absolutely brilliant. I was like, and that's that's not far off being ready. I mean, so we're talking about doing the opposite of that, basically. We're saying like, don't even press the magic button. Because... the thing we've got to remember is people haven't got the time. They're on your list, as we've talked about before, because they want certain things from you. They want the information you've got to share. So make that as quick and easy a consume as possible. Don't tell massive, long, laborious stories. Yeah, we tell, we're tell. we huge fans of telling stories. But 
we want to make sure that we can do that in a way that's really like staccato, that's really like punchy, this, 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 moving people forward. And if you do that just the way you would just the way you would talk. So that's, that's two tips so far. One, write a bullet point of all the things they need to know, right? And then just slightly work on that a little bit, but don't worry about the English. And the second one is write how you talk. And speaking of, of writing how you talk, that's one of the other things you can do. If if you want, you can speak into an app like otter.io or AI, one of the two. Io. Io. Otter.io. And you and you can literally he's just double checking, aren't you? I'm gonna I'm gonna go yeah. But basically, it's it's a transcription app. You can record into it, it will transcribe what you've said, put it into your email. And when we're talking within seconds here, and then just neaten it up because you don't want it to have all the ums and the and the and the weird spacing or anything like that, and neaten it up. So if you're not confident in typing, if it's the literally putting your fingers in the keyboards, which is what Rob often talks about is the problem with most people not doing email marketing, it's not a problem with doing email marketing, it's a problem with putting your fingers on the keyboard and typing, then then don't. Actually write, record it. Other ways, if you've got a team, if you've got an assistant who could do that, could you Voxer or WhatsApp message or do an audio message somehow to your team member, they write it up and they send it if that's going to be more your thing. So you Just really- to clarify, it's, it's otter.ai. You can tell they're not sponsoring this episode, can't you? Otter.ai, <laughs> there you go. .ai, there you go, there you go. Uh, .io, I'm assuming we'll get you somewhere else. So very, very clever otter. <laughs> <laughs> so I think one of the big things that you really want to do here is if you're not particularly good at spelling or grammar, like if that's your real sticking point and, and like getting to the end of even a bullet point would be hard, then what I'd really suggest you do is embrace that and make it part of who you are. Like if it's, if you are really at that, that point where you're so worried about writing, because you just think I can't make it to the end of the sentence without there being a spelling error in it. That's totally fine. You can reference it in your, we, we obviously always recommend having a getting to know you sequence at the start of your email process. When people first join your list that welcomes them sort of onboards them into your list, you can reference it there. I've seen people have sometimes, I can't think who it is, but somebody that we know has sent us an email in the past and it says in their subject line, that uh, it's in their in their signature of their real emails, not their not their promotional emails, their actual day to day emails. It says uh, all spelling mistakes in this email are intentional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think if you if you pull it out in the getting to know you sequence and just say, look, I, I, spelling is not my thing. And if you're going to be funny about it, you can unsubscribe. Do right on the opt in. I have it on my on my one of my opt ins. So it says these emails are going out every day. I'm not going to have them t- spell checked. I'm not going to have them grammar grammar checked. There's going to be mistakes. You need to see through that. If you're not comfortable with it, don't come on my list. And I think that's okay. I think that's absolutely uh, totally. I think as long as you call it out and you get people used to it, and you know what, it might just, it might, and I say it might just very, very facetiously. I know it will. It will absolutely draw people closer to you. Yeah, your your raving fans will like it. They will love the fact that that you are just being authentically you. There is, we've talked a load recently about how back in the day, all one man businesses or one woman businesses wanted to be big corporations. So they used to say, we are doing this and we are very excited. And you'd like some people would, I mean, uh, we know people who've like made up their, 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 their personal assistant before. And they we were don't also, know, you know people, we are people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you and you know me. <laughs> we both know people, uh, each other and other people um, who have made up personal assistants to try and be a bigger entity than they are. Here's a funny thing, actually. The more you... Go, go on, finish that thought. I'll tell you something about that. The more you are totally 
100% just yourself. Even if that means you're shit at spelling, that's totally fine. Nothing wrong with it. Just do it, embrace it, and let people connect. Unless you are teaching English is your niche, you might want to do it differently. But I'm assuming it's probably not. Yeah. It's just funny on the on the pretending you've got an assistant thing. Um, I was watching an episode of Lie to Me, you know, that British um, sort of panel show with all the comedians on. And uh, Rob Brydon had a, a fact from one of the seasons, which was, and it was true, he um, he admitted on TV that he used to, he did a different voice and pretended to be his own agent in the early days. <laughs> <laughs> and he would do like a different, because he's like really strong Welsh and he would like be like, oh, I'm sorry, no, Rob can't possibly do it for that money. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he would like to do, do it for that kind of money, but I, as his agent, I can't possibly do it. And he'd be like, <laughs> just, that's amazing. It's great. That's actually brilliant. It? Anyway, so if, if if spelling is your kryptonite, then just crack on with it and be okay with it and accept it, and then let other people accept it. And if they're not interested, like if they're then then just not your people, are they? And just let them go somewhere else if they're going to be, you know, spelling all over the place. Yeah, yeah. The other thing you can do, and we were having a bit of a laugh about this before we, we started recording the episode, is is you could just only use words you can spell. I mean, you will never... Right. I mean, and it sounds like a joke, but it's true. You'll, you'll very rarely see an email from me with the word definitely in it, because I haven't got a clue. Don't know. I like the word definitely. It doesn't like me. So you'll never... Be, and I just choose not to spell it. I mean, that's that's the way to get good marks in any exam, by the way. If you want to... If it's, your spelling is going to be tested, use words you can spell, you know? I mean, you might restrict your, your, your language a little bit, but that's another way of doing it. So we really want to just encourage you, like... Not being good at writing is not... We're not trying to please our school English teachers. In fact, we should be doing the opposite. You can break all of the rules. We purposefully start paragraphs, never mind sentences. We start paragraphs off with those linking words. They've probably got a fancy word, have they? But and and ors and buts and... And all that sort of stuff. You can end sentences with like uh, ellipses, you know, those three dots, and and, and do run-on sentences. You can break for, for for bullet points. Literally, if it makes it so that's easier to consume, we are writing for consumption. We are writing to get for speed because you want to be able to do a high volume of emails. You want to write every day or every every few days, depending on your schedule. You want to write in the best way for you to to communicate your message, to do it in a way that's efficient, it's not going to hang you up. If your spelling is the thing, or your ability to write is your thing, that's stopping you from doing it, put that to one side. Remember, you've got value to share. And if people can't see past your amazing or unamazing English skills to the value they're getting, then they don't need to be on your list because the problem you're solving should be way more important and more painful and more urgent than your spelling problems. I think the best way to wrap all of that up, apart from the fact that you, it doesn't matter, you can be bad, you can be bad at spelling, you can be bad at grammar, you can break all of the rules and all of those things are okay. And actually, do you know what? From a point of view of writing persuasive copy, I think that it's actually more powerful to write in a punchy colloquial tone and use your own slang words. That's perfectly okay as well. If your subscribers don't know what a hundred percent of them mean, they're going to get the gist. And you know what? They'll reply and say, Oh, I've never heard that word before. What does that mean? You can tell them what that is. So if you want to use your own slang words that are local to where you are, that's perfectly okay. The gist of the sentence is still going to carry on. So all of that is true. However, by doing it, you will get better. 
you will just become more naturally comfortable, not only better at writing, but you'll become more naturally comfortable with your ability as well. Just whatever your ability level is, you'll get more comfortable with it. Mate, it's like a double whammy. Like you start sending more, you start actually sending emails, you start sending more emails, you'll make more sales. So you'll have a commercial business growth impact, lovely stuff, you'll make some cash, lovely. But also at the same time, you're gonna upskill yourself in becoming a better writer and get paid to do it. It sounds like one of those ads from back in the day, like, get paid to improve your skills. Just call this expensive premium rate number. It's literally that. You're going to get better at doing it and you're going to get paid for doing it. Hopefully, this episode's inspired you to do it. Let's find out Rob's... Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. This one is try it out first name. So try it out, Kennedy. And it was basically offering somebody the chance to try one of our programs and they could try it totally risk-free. And the, the whole angle of it was there's absolutely no risk. You can just try this out. If you don't like it, that's perfectly fine. Just try it out. Uh, and the subject line was try this out first name. Got a great response. One of our highest click-through rates in recent times. I think, uh, so yeah, it worked very well. I think one of the reasons it does is it it doesn't say try this out as in take a free trial of this product or free test drive of this thing. It it does it has to get that lovely double entendre, double dual meaning, doesn't it? Where it's like maybe give this a shot as in try doing this thing. It'll help you as if the lesson's right in there. And I think it helped mm. as well. From what I remember about that email, that email had like a screenshot of a video, didn't it, that it went to. Yeah. So almost even further than that once they got into the email because obviously that scent of opening the email and then not immediately letting them down and feel like they're being misled is really important which is why this email does actually perform very well is because it looks like it might even be a lesson in that video so they think oh what am I going to try what am I going to learn in that video that I can actually go and try out so it had a really good scent to it as well I think that was quite important to, to point yeah, out yeah but without being misleading in any sense when it changes direction yeah yeah you don't want you don't want a rug pull you don't want a rug pull at all okay that was this week's subject line of the week subject line of the week all right. Well, if you want to continue this conversation, and let's face it, you should, then make sure you pop over into our Facebook group. Just open your favorite web browser, type in robandkennedy.group, and that will redirect you across to the Facebook group. Or if you're on Facebook anyway, you can just type in the email marketing show community, and you'll see our lovely shiny faces somewhere. You'll be able to go ahead and join the group. Yeah, your face is particularly shiny today. It's lovely and shiny. So, well done. It's Thanks, a- mate. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. That's it. If you haven't already, make sure you do hit the subscribe button on your favourite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on next week's lovely conversation where we'll be joined with another lovely guest. We'll see you next week.